in a world where every diet you know is wrong. Well, not every diet. I mean... Yes, but almost every doesn't sound as good. Yeah, but... Shut up. One man stands alone. Well, not completely. I mean... It's time for Adam Martin, the No Breakfast Guy. And let's talk fast. Fasting, fitness, and fat loss. What's going on guys and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'm your host Adam Martin, more commonly known as the No Breakfast Guy and I hope you're doing what you love with the people that you love and let's just jump straight into it. So I'm bringing this podcast to you as I sit on the ground in front of my new whiteboard that I've just bought because I've made a little demonstration on this which if you follow me on Instagram and if you're not at the No Breakfast Guy over on Instagram, I'm now on TikTok as well. Do go and give me a follow on TikTok. I'm doing a lot of new content and great videos over on there, really trying to get my what you say, uh, kind of creative juices flowing over on there and trying to do my best to create some new new content or produced in a different way. So yeah, definitely go and check me out on TikTok as well. Pretty much everything and where you will find me is on the No Breakfast Guy with all underscores underneath. So go and check it out. But as I said, if you do follow me on Instagram, you will have probably already seen the post go up where I had um, a picture of the whiteboard I'm currently sitting in front of as I'm recording this because I wanted a visual so I could kind of really go a little bit more deeper uh, into explaining each part of what you've seen as the title in today's uh, podcast. We're going to be talking everything about your metabolism, um, what it's made up of, and how you can naturally speed that up. No doubt you've heard of you know, Barry the Buffhead at the gym or Susie from Accounting at Work giving you some you know bullshit idea or some hack or something that they've read or that someone's tried to sell them and they're now trying to sell you um, on how you can increase your metabolism, be it by a pill, a powder, a potion, you know, by having caffeine or some green tea extract or something like that. All of it's garbage. And today I'm going to pick apart your metabolism, tell you what it's made up of, and how you can naturally increase your metabolism to help you. I guess at the end of the day, most people are coming here to kind of ask me about how do I lose body fat? Can I increase my metabolism to make it easier to lose my body fat? And to kind of tie into that idea, most people when they ask this question, they're normally asking it because they're looking for some kind of hack. Some sort of way that you know they can eat some sort of food or have some sort of potion or have some sort of pill that's going to hack their way to do less but get more of a result. And if you've heard any of my podcasts, if you've seen any of my posts over on Instagram, there's no hack to this. You just have to put in the work. But I can tell you, and you'll hear it from today's podcast, that there are some things you can do that are going to make it easier. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden this is going to become easy and then you can just put your feet up and you're just going to be this fat burning machine and your metabolism is going to be going through the roof. That just doesn't exist. And you know, as I said, there are pills and potions that people try and sell, be that caffeine, um, you know, saying, well, having caffeine really ramps up your metabolism because it makes you know, your heart rate go quicker and things. Yes, it does, but it's so minute in comparison to the total energy kind of needs that your body goes through throughout the day and day and what we'll kind of talk about here with regards to your total um, metabolism that it's so minute that it's just not going to make any kind of 
real difference. And when you hear these percentages and numbers of kind of what your metabolism is actually made up on, you'll start to get a much better sense of why it's so frivolous to kind of be going and trying to add these pills and potions and powders and things that, you know, as I said, Susie from accounting and Barry the Buffhead is going to be trying to um, sell you. So just get away from this idea that there's some sort of hack. And as I said, when people ask me this question, that's usually their intention behind it. It's like they're searching for me to say, you know, Adam, you know, what's that one secret that I can, you know, ramp up my metabolism? As I said, it just doesn't exist. And so let's now talk much more deeply about what your metabolism is and then the four sections that it's basically made up of when we talk then about your TDEE, your total daily energy expenditure. Because when we talk about metabolism, there's actually four parts of it that actually come up to that total daily energy expenditure. And that's what I now want to break apart. And then then we'll go back to once I've broken it all apart to how can you increase each one of those and where's your best kind of bang for your buck? Where should you place most of your energy, most of your effort, most of your time into trying to increase to then get some sort of you know, tangible return that will make the fat loss process that little bit easier for you to then get some results, see those results start coming onto your weekly and your monthly check-ins and kind of seeing that progress come on. So let's just break metabolism apart. First and foremost, about 70%. So most of your total daily energy expenditure, so the calories that your body needs to allow you to live, to allow you to move, to exercise, to eat, all of those different things and all the kind of internal functions of running our brain, keeping that heart beating and all those kind of things, that's your total daily energy expenditure. But 70% of that energy is called your basal metabolic rate, so your BMR, and most of it, as you can see, 70% of it, that BMR is basically if you were to lie catatonic in bed as a vegetable, not moving whatsoever, your BMR is the amount of energy that your body requires just to keep you alive in a catatonic state. So as you can see, just laying in bed doing absolutely nothing at all, 70% of your energy needs in your total daily energy when you are not a vegetable lying in bed and just kind of got no movement, no nothing, um, comes from your basal metabolic rate. And so you can see that Everything else that you kind of you know have around there, and as I said, there's three other factors here, and they are still 30% of your daily energy um, kind of requirements, but most of it just comes from keeping you alive. You know, a lot of us kind of really forget just how energy requiring our body is, and why it was very hard for us to survive when food wasn't as readily available as it is now. You know, our caveman days and, you know, hundreds of years ago and even, you know, a hundred years ago when life was a hell of a lot more difficult than it is now, food was such a kind of commodity that people kind of traded on. You know, as I said, these days it's super cheap, it's super, super accessible. In the developed world, at least, there's very few people that are suffering due to kind of lack of calories. And as I said, back when we're going um, many, many, um, you know, hundreds of years ago, it was, a you know, having enough energy just to keep you alive was a very difficult thing to do. As I said, these days we've got very calorie dense, highly palatable type foods. We can get in plenty of enough calories with no issues. So 70%, as I said, just to keep you alive. Now, 
Your brain is a huge part of that. It requires an inordinate amount of uh, energy just to keep you ticking over, keep those thoughts processes going. But most importantly, keeping the brain activity to tell the rest of the body to keep you alive, to keep your heart beating, to keep the muscles moving, to help digestion, all of those different things that you don't even think about that are going on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, you sit there and think that you've got a you know, a busy job where, you know, Adam, I, I work 60 to 80 hours a week. Your brain and your body is working 24 hours a day, 168 hours a week. No one is busier than your brain and your body. It's always going. It never gets a day off. And so kind of fully appreciate that and understand just how busy your body is just to keep you alive and how much energy it actually requires. So as I said, 70% of that is coming purely just from the basal metabolic rate. Now, I don't want you to kind of get some false sense that, cool, I can just lay in bed. I'm so, you know, it takes so much uh, energy for my body just to keep me alive that, you know, I can just lay in bed and just melt fat away. No, there's still a very important part where it comes to the last kind of 30% of what makes up your total daily energy needs. And this is where we can kind of make the most in, um, inroads to kind of making some tweaks and changes that's going to help you out. And the next part of that, which we call NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis, a fancy way of saying of basically all the non-intentional exercise that you do. And for some people, this can be a really big portion. Now, most textbooks that you read or people will talk about and say that the range of what this makes up as a total percentage is around about 15 to 20%. So as you can see, it's a big portion of the remaining bit that's left. As I said, 70% comes from your basal metabolic rate, your BMR. So there's only 30% left and you know upwards of 20% of that is coming from all your non-intentional movements. Now you think, what non-intentional movements are you talking about? Well, it's everything. So brushing your teeth, fidgeting in your chair, picking your nose, walking to the bus stop, going to the shops, picking things off the top shelf, picking your kids up, all of those movements and fidgets and things that you do, they're just not intentional. They're just part of your every single day. Make up about 15 to 20% of your daily uh, energy needs um, and what you can kind of get in. And that one, when we come back to it, is the biggest kind of hack secret kind of to weight loss that you can have. And we'll talk more about that. And so I know I always sit there and say, there's no such thing as a hack or that. But if you can get your head around how much you can change this equation to be in your favor just by increasing your NEAT, you will see how much more easier fat loss can become. Now, the next kind of part that takes up the next big um, kind of part of it is what we call TEF or your thermic effect of food. And it's usually around about 10%. Now, again, thermic effect of food, I'm sounding you know all technical here. A fancy way, again, of saying how much energy your body requires to break down food. Now, when you hear me talk about the idea of having a higher protein diet, there's two reasons for that. You should absolutely, probably, most likely, most people are not eating enough protein. Now, the vegans of the world will sit there and go and say, no, we all eat plenty enough protein. No, we don't. The recommendations that we get for protein consumption are on a level that is to maintain life. This is not to live optimally. It's just to maintain life and not be you know, malnourished and kind of suffering in any way and seeing you know, 
I guess, issues coming up with our health. So if you ask me, we shouldn't be giving recommendations that basically just give you maintaining life. We should be trying to optimize life and have people live better lives, healthier lives, fitter lives, and helping maintain lean muscle mass and helping our body do all of the functions that it's meant to be doing in an optimal way, not just maintaining that. And so, again, a lot of vegans will sit there and go, no, you can get by on 0.5 gram per kilogram of body weight. And for most people, that's like 50 grams to 60 grams of protein per day. If you're eating 50 grams of protein per day, you're not eating anywhere near enough. The minimum amount you should probably be looking at is at least a gram per kilogram, but I would always err on the side of saying you should be having 1.5 grams per kilogram of body weight. So for a 100 kilo person, that would be about 150 grams of protein per day. Now the big mistake that I get a lot of people question on, I get it from my clients, and 150 grams, Adam, that's easy, I only get 150 grams of chicken breast in. No, it's not the weight of the food, that 150 grams of macronutrient protein is coming from the kind of makeup of that protein. So let's just kind of take chicken breast for an example. 100 grams of raw weight chicken breast will have around about 25 to 30 grams of protein in it. It's that number that we're then kind of using as our calculation. So you can see 100 grams of chicken breast, it's gonna have about 25 grams of protein. If you're needing 150 grams, you can see that you know, you're gonna to have to have a, you know, probably much bigger serving suggestion on your protein than you currently are. A lot of people, and again, I'm generalizing um, this, but when I kind of have new clients come on with me and I ask them, show me what your food diary is currently, give me a kind of estimate of what would you have as your first meal, your second meal, your snacks, and different things like that throughout the day. Most people are eating breakfast, and I tell them to quit it straight away. Clearly, I'm the no breakfast guy. And that breakfast is usually quite a carb-heavy breakfast. It's not normally protein food. You're not unlikely to probably be having at 7 o'clock in the morning a steak and salad. I've got nothing wrong with you doing that, but it's unlikely that's what someone's doing. They're more likely having some toast and with some avocado on it, or they're just having toast with peanut butter on it, or it might be some sort of cereal or muesli or things like that. Meals that are very low in protein. Their second meal might be a little higher in protein, but still it's usually like a sandwich with some, some sort of meat in it, but it's a small amount of meat. Or it might be leftovers from the night before and it's a small um, portion. But you know, it might have been kind of a chicken pasta from the night before. Yeah, you're getting a bit more protein in there. And then the dinner time is usually where people get more of their protein in for the day. Whether it's you know meat and three veg or something along those kind of lines or like chicken wraps or something like that. You're probably having a higher kind of protein portion. But again, when you add those up, you're not getting anywhere near enough protein. And so getting more protein in now let's go back to what I was talking about, the thermic effect in food. The reasons why, as I said, you should be getting more protein in, first fold is because it helps you optimize your life, optimize your ability to build lean muscle mass and hold on to that lean muscle mass that you have, especially when you are trying to lose weight. You have to get your protein up because you want to maintain the lean muscle tissue that you've got and when we come back to talking about BMR, that's going to be extremely important. So the first kind of reason why you should be increasing your protein is to help optimize your health and your life and your well-being. But the second one, when we're talking about thermic effect of food, 
it takes a lot more energy for your body to digest and break down and kind of you know metabolize and kind of consume internally. Not only not only that, but it actually takes more to chew protein, yeah, to get protein into the system and working. So things like carbohydrates, you know, carbohydrate-rich foods are very easy for the body to break down and get into the system and kind of use in the muscles or store away. Fats is next. It's a very dense food, but our body doesn't have too much trouble breaking that down. But protein is the most difficult to break down, takes the most amount of energy. And so a diet that is higher in protein, you are going to have a bigger percentage of your total daily energy expenditure coming from this thermic effect of food. Now, most, again, textbooks and calculations from people will suggest that most people's kind of percentage of energy that's required every day is from thermic effect of food is about 5 to 10%. Okay, so if you have a higher protein diet, you're probably pushing much more up towards that 10% of your total daily energy expenditure. If you've got a very low protein diet, it's probably more around that 5, 6% of your total daily energy expenditure. So again, it's not a huge portion, but all of these things add up. Like if you are a a two, if you need 2,000 calories a day as your total daily energy expenditure just to kind of maintain where your um, weight is right now, 10% is quite a, quite a large number. Like 10% is 200 uh, calories. Hang on. Yes, that's right. 10% is 200 calories. So 200 calories isn't insignificant if you just made all of that disappear. But you can see that by having a little change, you could be adding you know 50 to 100 extra calories that you can have just because you're having a slight change in the ratio of the foods that you're eating. You're having slightly more protein, slightly less carbs, evening out your fats, and you're getting a bigger percentage of that thermic effect of food effect on your total daily energy expenditure. Now, the last one, you're probably sitting there going, Adam, what about exercise? Like, I exercise five times a week. I'm glad you are asking that question in your head. And it's the big mistake that everyone makes and I made this mistake up into my life, thought, you know, you can exercise your way um, through uh, this process. You've heard that saying before, you can't out-train a bad diet, and this is why. EAT, they call it E-A-T, so before we had NEAT, N-E-A-T, which was non-essential, this one is essential, uh, oh, sorry, you know, essential kind of um, activities and exercise. Uh, I shouldn't say essential, it's the intentional uh, exercise, I should be saying, okay? And it's represented as EAT, and it only makes up about 5% of your total daily energy needs, and that's if you exercise. I don't know many people, even elite athletes, who are exercising seven days a week, 52 weeks of the year. You know, let's say we average it out for even the elite athlete, they're probably um, exercising between five to seven days. So there's going to be weeks where they're down, there's weeks where they're up um, from there. But the general public are probably, if we're being completely honest with ourselves, you can sit there and go, Adam, every week without fail, I'm, I'm, I'm exercising five, six times a week. If you average it out for the whole year, you're probably not. Most people, and that's if you're an active person, but most people who are just trying to improve their health, maybe trying to look or lose a little bit of weight, are probably exercising anywhere in the vicinity of one to three times a week. You can sit there and argue with me, but I see it time and time again. We very much overestimate the amount of exercise we do, and we very much underestimate the amount of food we eat. And this is where the equation of calories in, calories out 
um, gets a bit wish-washy. People sit there and go, Adam, I've tracked every bit of food and I'm exercising so much. Well, you're probably exercising less than you think you are and you've probably not tracked as much food as you think you have. So, um, as I said, the intentional part of exercise, and that's, as I said, before non-intentional was all the fidgeting, the walking to the shops and all the different things that you do throughout the day that's just part of your everyday. The intentional part or the exercise is when you say, I'm going to go for a run today. I'm going to go to the gym today. I'm going to go play a game of tennis. That's intentional. You're going out there to intentionally exercise and move and get your heart rate up and do all of those kind of things. And at best, you're looking at about 5% of your total daily energy needs that are coming from intentional exercise. And again, you'll sit there and tell me, but Adam, I do the biggest sweat-busting exercise and I'm in there an hour. My watch says I'm burning a 1,000 calories. One, your watch is full of shit. They very much have no idea how much um, calories you're burning, and it's a it's a very rudimentary kind of uh, equation that it's using based on heart rate. It has no idea how many calories you're burning properly. The only way you can properly confirm that is getting into a lab, having a full gas mask on your face, and they're doing all of the kind of equations and things from gas flow in and out and taking blood samples, all these kind of different things. No one's doing that, and no one needs to do that. And as you've heard me say time and time and time again, you shouldn't be exercising for the calories that it burns. You should be exercising for how it makes you feel, how you can get stronger for it, how you can celebrate how your body moves in space and what you can do with it and what it makes you able to do. And you just think of the amazing things that so many people have done, like climbing Everest and, you know, I don't know, swimming the English Channel, all these different things are done by regular human beings. Like you can sit there and go, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're just superhumans. No, they're not. They've got a brain, they've got two feet, they've got two hands. Some people are doing it in wheelchairs and things like that, but let's just kind of keep it um, simple. You know, they're two feet, two hands, and a brain. They're just human beings. Sure, they've dedicated their life to what they're doing, and it's probably more dedication than any of us want to kind of put into it. But at the end of the day, anyone can do this if you want to go and put the time and energy and effort into it. So, Exercise is a really important factor in the whole equation, don't get me wrong. It's a very small part, so I don't want you to be looking at it at a calorie point of view. Just do exercise because it celebrates you and your body and what you're capable of. Who cares how many calories it burns because it's so insignificant. When I was saying it's an important factor, it's an important factor of how it makes you feel. With regards to an important factor of calories, it's almost you shouldn't even worry about it. And this is why I'm always, uh, people ask me when they're talking about um, you know, tracking their calories on my fitness pal, and they say, oh, Adam, I, I've eaten my 1,500 calories that you told me to eat for today, but my fitness pal has calculated that I did a run and I did a workout, so I've got an extra 500 calories to play with. Should I be eating that extra five calories? No, any good equation or any good coach that's given you a calorie kind of estimate of where your calorie deficit is at, has already equated for the exercise that you'll be doing. So don't then add on those calories that um, MyFitnessPal then gives you, number one. But number two, again, MyFitnessPal is massively over-exaggerating how many calories you've burnt. So even if you were to do that, it's telling you many more calories than you should be doing. So as I said, exercise is an important factor in your overall health and well-being. And you know, as I said, to celebrate your body and see what it's capable of and see how strong you can be and all of these different things. But on the front of calories, it is useless and stop worrying about exercise as a way to burn more calories. 
And that now leads us into how do you increase your metabolism? And let's just start off with that exercise because we are on it right now. Stop looking to exercise as a way to increase your metabolism. You can sit there and go, but Adam, I'm about to start training for a marathon. Cool, it's just a bonus for you. Don't look at it as a way to increase your, you know, increase your metabolism, try and get you know, an extra couple of percent. It's not gonna make, almost make zero difference. And the amount of energy and effort you have to put into that, the return on that is gonna be very, very little. You know, if you are one of the, let's kind of take, uh, what's his name, Mitch, Mitch Froning, Rich, Rich Froning, probably one of the fittest people on the planet. He's a CrossFit superstar. He's like the Arnold Schwarzer of the, Schwarzenegger of the CrossFit world. He's won the CrossFit Games four, five, six times. You know, he's just a freak. He trains every day. He trains multiple times per day. And his output would be far less than what you think it would be. The reason I bring that up is that you think that you're training and you're burning up all these huge amounts of calories. Great, you're training, you're doing well, you're going for runs, you're in the gym a couple of times um, a week. or Whatever you're doing, that's awesome, but you're probably not burning and not putting in the effort that you think you are. You might be, if you're lucky, in a one-hour session of you know some gym and some cardio. Like maybe you, you you get into the gym, maybe you warm up on the treadmill and do kind of 15 minutes there. You then do a good you know um, you know chest and back workout, or you might be a CrossFitter and you're doing you know you know a really tough session. And you're kind of you know going hard at it for 20 minutes. Whatever it might be, you're probably really only burning 250 to 400 calories. Now you go no 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 I work so much harder than that. I'm definitely burning more than that. Cool, maybe you're burning 500 in that session. It's not a huge amount of difference though from 300 to 500. It's a couple extra 100 calories. What I'm gonna talk about in the next section is gonna make a much bigger difference. So again, exercise for how you can celebrate and kind of do it because you're celebrating your body and you know you wanna get stronger, you wanna see what you're capable of, you wanna see how you can push yourself and do it for the mental health benefits, the physical health benefits, but do not do it because of the calories. I cannot say that over and over. Um, more, more, yeah, I can't say that enough. So get away from this idea of exercising your way to increase your metabolism, first and foremost, all right? Now, we've already talked basically on the thermic effect of food increase your protein. The easiest and quickest way to increase the thermic effect effect of food, if that kind of makes sense why I put the double effect in there, the best way you can do that is eating more protein. Now, whether you want to have plant-based protein or whether you want to have animal-based protein, it doesn't matter, just eat more protein. At least one gram per kilogram, but still you are far too low. You should be aiming for at least 1.5 to two grams per kilogram. Now, if you're a very active person and you do more gym work, be upwards of that two grams per kilogram. But if you're a relatively active person or you're trying to lose some weight and you're starting to exercise and you're starting to include more of those activities uh, into your life, then definitely be around that 1.5 grams per kilogram. Now, I just said this in a post the other day. Someone said to me, Adam, you know, I'm a 200 kilo guy. Um, I can't even, you know, I can't even start to fathom getting 1.5 to 2 grams. You know, I'm having to. You're telling me I have to eat, you know, 300 to 400 grams of protein. If you're someone who needs to lose 20 kilograms or more, look to have your protein target set at 
your goal weight. So for that gentleman, I said to him, look, you're 200 kilos now. Your goal weight at the moment is you want to halve your body weight. You want to get to 100 kilos. So we're not going to set, we're going to set your protein target, not at your current weight, but where your goal weight is. So at 100 kilograms, his target would be about 150 grams of protein uh, per day. That's where we set his target at. So yeah, if you're looking to lose 20 kilograms or more, take your goal weight and use that as your reference point as your 1.5 grams per kilogram. Okay. If you're underneath that, set it at whatever your current weight is now. And as you go over time, the fact that you're still then, let's just say you then lose 10 kilos and you're still eating your 1.5 kilograms at what your original weight was, you're still then going to be having a nice high um, protein diet. There's no need to then reduce that. You've gotten used to eating more protein, even though you're at a lower weight. Don't reduce your protein down to now that new lower weight. Keep eating it up at that higher rate. Um, so yeah, quickest way you can um, kind of increase the effect um, of the thermic effect of food is having a higher protein. There's no other ways of doing that. There's no secret foods or hacks or, as I said, you know, um, they, caffeine and Dr. Oz's garbage that he was used to be talking about, Garcinia, Cambogia, all these different things that they say will boost your metabolism, blah, 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 blah. None of them work. None of them have some, you know, any kind of, you know, real effect that's going to actually see your metabolism boosted for any length of time that's going to have an actual overall effect. So there's no hack, there's no secret, there's no food, there's no meal frequency timing that you can do as well. That's another big one. People, you know, when they kind of give me shit for the whole no breakfast life and I'm eating one to two meals a day, they say, Adam, you should be eating multiple times a day because this really ramps up your metabolism. Again, big false, big myth. It's something that Susie in Accounting and Barry the Buffhead from the gym is talking about especially. Having seven meals that equal 2,000 calories for the day is going to be no different on your thermic effect of food than having one meal at 2,000 calories. So it's completely up to you if you would prefer to have five or six smaller meals throughout the day or one to two bigger meals to equate to your calorie needs for the day. Know that it's not going to have any effect on the thermic effect of food and you know meal frequency has no difference in ramping up your metabolism. The other big one is you don't need to have breakfast. You've probably heard that before. Start your day with a nice you know hearty meal because it kickstarts your metabolism. Your metabolism is not a motorbike that you have to kickstart and turn on. Your metabolism is always on. If it's off, you're dead. So if you're having a kickstart, I mean, if we're going to go real literal here, kickstarting your metabolism when you have a... Um, a cardiac arrest and they've got the paddles on your chest and trying to kickstart your heart, that's kickstarting your metabolism. Everything else when they when you hear kickstart your metabolism, you know, have what are some of the things that people are saying, you know, like lemon in your water or, you know, what's a cayenne pepper and these things that are gonna, you know, get the fires burning inside. Bullshit. Like again, there's no studies out there and just think though more kind of logical about this and how ridiculous it sounds that it's kind of stoking some fire inside you that needs to be stoked and added to and kind of kick-started. Your body is always on. It's always turning. The thermic effect of food, as I said, there's a heap of myths out there of how you can ramp this kind of section up. They're all garbage. Just eat a higher protein diet and you'll certainly see a slight increase in kind of your thermic effect of food in your body needing more energy, therefore your total daily energy expenditure being slightly elevated because it needs more energy to break down that higher protein diet that you're now having. 
okay? Again, let's just go to the other extreme. Don't listen to those idiotic carnivores out there that's sitting there and saying, oh, real, you know, basically just protein diet. No, get plenty of fruits, get plenty of vegetables, get a good high protein diet in and around that. That's all you, um, all you need. Now the next one, NEAT. Remember we said non-exercise activity thermogenesis, all that non-intentional, unintentional exercise that you do each day. The fidgeting, the moving, the brushing your teeth, the taking the stairs instead of the lift, walking to the shops, parking a little bit further away from work, and then uh, walking in, picking up your kids, all of those different things. This is where I want you to place all of your focus, and this is where we're going to get one of the best, biggest, sorry, best, one of the biggest bangs for your buck and returns on your investment of time and energy to lift your metabolism naturally, okay? Now, if we're talking about this having a 20% part, you know, um, part of the total daily energy expenditure, if we're taking that as that 2,000 calorie day, that's gonna be upwards of 400 calories worth of energy that's just coming from your knee. So if you're someone who is very sedentary, 400 calories is very significant. And so if you're someone who's catatonic and you sit on, especially now with the coronavirus going around, we're spending a lot more time at home and especially when all the lockdowns were happening and we're inside, we weren't going out much, we weren't walking, we weren't moving. You know, people could have been having step counts of 500 to 1,000 steps in a day. Now you hear it all the time, you know, get 10,000 steps per day. Now there's not something magical about 10,000 that, you know, at 10,000 all of a sudden you, you've ticked some goal that your, your metabolism kicks on and all of a sudden it's going to be firing away. It's just a kind of goal to get you to move more, get you to step more, get to use your feet more, get up moving and increase this part of your total daily energy expenditure or your TDEE. It can play a big role and it's, as I said, this is where I'm now going to give you, um, you know, my recommendation on how to naturally boost your metabolism. It's in this area. So whether you want to get a, you know, a, a, a Fitbit watch, a Garmin watch, or whatever it might be that can actively um, track your um, steps, don't use your phone because you're not always carrying your phone, okay? And they're not very accurate. I know um, Apple phones and I'm sure Android phones as well have a step counter in them. And you know, most people carry them in their pocket and that's fine. But if you've got a watch on, it's on you all day. You can easily put it on the moment you wake up. Some people sleep with it because they do have sleep um, things in it to kind of monitor people's sleep. They're very inaccurate on the monitoring of your sleep. But that all said, if you're wearing it at night, that's fine. Then it's always on you. Whether it's a super cheap one or a super expensive one, just start tracking how many steps you're taking a day. Now, there's been plenty of studies done on how accurate are these, um, you know, these Fitbits and you know, are the more expensive ones more accurate and things like that. They all have an inaccuracy to them. But if they're always inaccurate and you're always measuring by that inaccuracy, then you're pretty much getting the same result, if that makes sense. So let's just say you measure it on day one and you've just done 4,000 steps, but really you did 5,000 steps. But when you then kind of look at it in a month's time and you see 5,000 steps, you've probably really done 6,000 steps. So the kind of error rate in it is always there. So don't worry about how inaccurate it is. Just get something on your watch and start tracking it. Whether it's a notepad and pencil, whether it's a you know a whiteboard sitting on your fridge, whether it's a in your phone, just put the date and how many steps did you do that day, and then the next day, how many steps did you do that day, 
And just in the simple action of actually tracking those steps daily, it takes three seconds of your time. You know, I was saying, what's the best, you know, buck, any, you know, you, if you put in what's going to be the best return that you're going to get, for three seconds of your day to look at your watch, record it down and write it, I can guarantee you that action will see you increase your daily step count purely just because of the fact you're tracking it. It's an age-old saying, and I'm probably getting it wrong, but what you track and what you measure, you can improve. And what, sorry, what gets improved, I should say. So what you track gets improved. It's terrible English, and I probably um, butchered that quote and saying. But basically, when you just start tracking something, you naturally just want to see it go up. Because you're seeing that number, not in your head, oh, I probably did 5,000 steps. You have no idea because you're just making that number up based on what you think you've moved about. But if you've got an actual number in front of you, you can, um, is it objectively? You can objectively see that number and go, okay, well, I did 2,000 steps today, so I didn't move much. The next day, you might have had to walk to the shops, you picked the kids up, um, and it was a beautiful sunny day, so you walk there instead of taking the car um, to school, or whatever it might be, you see, 8,000 steps. You can then make a direct comparison to yesterday I did 2,000, I didn't move much, my neat was very low. Today I did 8,000, I moved much more, my neat was much higher. You can actively see that, and just as I said, purely by seeing that number day in, day out, you're going to want to do more. You're going to want to make sure that you're up at it. And if you then set a target to it, you can then say, non-negotiable, I'm not going to bed until my watch says 7,000 steps, 10,000 steps, 20,000. doesn't matter what your target is. Just track it for the next week. Take the average per day and make it more as your goal. So let's just say for seven days, you're not going to set any target. You're just going to live your life as you normally did. There'll be fluctuations day in, day out. After seven days, you've got a total step count. You divide it by seven. There's your average step per day. Let's just say it comes out at 3,500. Just double it. Or maybe just you know, add 50% to it. So let's just say you're also going, okay, well, I was averaging 3,500 steps. I'm now going to try and get 5,000 steps in every single day. Not use the word try. I am going to have 5,000 steps per day, and I will not go to bed until that's done. Now, whether that means that you know, nine o'clock at night, you're about to kind of, you know, head off to bed and you say, oh, I've only done 4,000 steps and you go out for a walk or you march on the spot, whatever you want to do to get those extra thousand steps. It doesn't matter that you didn't go walking or you didn't do it throughout your day. Marching on the ground, you're still moving more than you were if you had stopped at 4,000 steps. So get that in and make it non-negotiable. I said, whether you add 50% or 100% on top of it, as I said, whether you just kind of go to 5,000, you'll completely double it and go up to 7,000. Just make it more than what your average steps were for that day, uh, for that week before. And after, a, let's say, a month at that new number, add another 10 to 20% on that. After another month on that, add another 10%. Until you get to a point where you, know, you can't just keep adding um, uh, more and more steps on that. But you know, there is no reason why most people today can't be doing anywhere from 10 to 15,000 steps a day. There's no reason. You can sit there and say to me all you like that you're far too busy, I couldn't find time. Bullshit. There is time. I'm not saying you're going to hit that every single day of your life, but as you hear me say, consistency over perfection. You can certainly make an effort to average out at that number every single day of your life moving forward. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow if you're someone who's only currently doing 2,000 steps, 
but you can absolutely start putting in the you know the effort, the time, and the energy to track what those numbers are saying and increase your NEAT. As I said, you came to this podcast today with the title saying how to naturally boost your metabolism. You've heard me talk about what your metabolism is made up of. You've heard me talk about total daily energy um, expenditure coming from your intentional exercise, your thermic effect of food, your basal metabolic rate. It is this one, NEAT. Put all of your eggs in this basket. Imagine you were given the tip of investing in Apple when it got listed on the stock exchange first off. Imagine you could go back in time now and you knew that that stock that was, I don't know, it came out, let's just say it came out at $10 and it's now worth $300 a share. It's it's, it's had a ridiculous increase um, in it. Imagine you had that foresight of knowledge. You would put every single, you would tell your past self, put every single cent you own onto Apple because you know it's a guaranteed return on your investment. I am telling you now, put all of your chips into the energy and effort of increasing your step count, and I can guarantee you this fat loss journey that you're on, if that's what you're coming to this, oh, cool, here's a a, a podcast on how to boost my metabolism. It's going to help me lose fat um, easier. This is where you're putting all in. You're going all in. Forget about I mean, I'm actually telling you, as an exercise physiologist, I'm, in tel- I'm telling you to forget about exercise, which is ridiculous. Exercise should certainly be part of your life. But if you're starting out and you're brand new to exercise and taking care of your health and really putting an effort and want to put an effort into losing some weight and getting more active, forget intentional exercise. Put all your chips into non-intentional. Just get more steps in your day. It'll have a much bigger return on your investment than trying to go to the gym four or five times a week. Purely just by the mathematics, and if you're a mathematics major, you'll understand that. Like as I said, we're looking at 20% of your energy requirement can come from NEAT, as opposed to 5% coming from exercise. That's if you exercise for the day. You have to move throughout the day, so why not put your energy into moving more rather than having to try and take an hour out of your day to try and go and do some exercise? Please, you came to this podcast, and I know I've gone over and over on this, but you came to this podcast because you wanted to know how to naturally boost your metabolism. Here is how to do it. Increase your NEAT. There's a great guy on Instagram, and I highly recommend you go and follow him. His name's Deering Cartel. Cartel? Cartel? He is a very close friend of James Smith, so any of you who know James Smith PT on Instagram, I don't know anyone who doesn't know him, but if you don't know him, they're really good mates. They know each other very well. This Deering Cartel came up with the idea of neat neat up 24/7. So if you go and type in the hashtag on Instagram N E A T up U P 247, so neat up 247, neat up 24/7. He kind of coined this idea of really emphasizing the point of neat and getting it up 24/7. Where can you be doing more to move more each and every day because the return on your investment is huge. So please take one thing away from this podcast today, and that is to increase your step count. Get a watch. It's a small investment. Now, as I said, whether you get a really cheap Fitbit at about 100 bucks, I know there's even cheaper ones, the little pedometers and things like that. Get them off your hip, though. Get it on your wrist. It's just easier to kind of have that. But even if you start at a really cheap $15 pedometer on your hip, make sure you're wearing it all day, every day, and for the just a week, two weeks, whatever you want to do, Track your steps every single day and then add 50 to 100% on top of that. Start with that for the first month 
and then add another 10 to 20% per month after that until you're in the range of just no, without a worry, kind of getting 10 to 15,000 steps in per day without fail. And it will make your fat loss journey, I'm not going to say effortless, but it will make it so much easier. And you can be sitting there going, how can just be moving each day, Adam, really going to make that much of a difference? Just bet on my 15 years of experience of working with hundreds, if not thousands of clients, working with myself and seeing my own fat loss journeys that I've been through, of how much easier it is made when you increase this part of your total energy um, needs for the day. Now, BMR, we are going to go into it really shortly because there are little things you can do with your kind of basal metabolic rate. And it basically comes down to increasing your protein, doing more weight training is going to increase or at least at, le- at the very least maintain your lean muscle mass. If you have more lean muscle mass, lean muscle requires a lot more energy than fat does to just be there. So if you have a body that is higher in muscle and lower in fat, you are going to have a higher basal metabolic rate purely because you have more muscle that needs to be supplied with energy. Now, the big thing I want to talk about is the, I'm going to get the um, kind of terminology wrong, is the thermogenic like kind of adaptation to you losing weight. So you've got to understand that basal metabolic rate is made up of kind of your need to kind of survive your internals, you know, fooding, um, fueling your muscles and your brain and all those things. Now, if you're a 100 kilo person, you have more of you to fuel than if you become 60 kilograms. So there is going to be a natural decrease in your requirement for um, calories as you lose weight. That's just the normal adaptation as you, you know, kind of um, losing weight. That's that's normal. Now, if you're someone that is not doing much or kind of not doing anything to kind of help maintain your lean muscle mass, that dropping calorie can be above normal rate. And that is a podcast for a completely another day in kind of how to best maintain your BMR as you're losing weight and things like that. And there's a couple of guests that I think I could have on that I think could do a really good job of explaining that. But that all aside, BMR, the best way to keep that as high as you can, because it's the thing that's going to drop as you lose weight. Neat isn't. You're always going to be um, needing to move. And in fact, as you lose weight, you're likely to start moving more because you're going to feel more energetic. You're going to feel lighter on your feet. You're going to want to move. Thermic effect of food that comes down to the food you eat. Yeah, and it's a percentage of. So obviously, as your calorie requirements drop, you can still have a higher um, protein diet. And the percentage is still going to be the same amount of percentage for the total amount that's going in. And intentional exercise, if you're still exercising three or four times a week, that's still there regardless of if your weight is dropping. But as your weight drops, your BMR portion of this, still the total percentage is the same, but because your body now weighs less, your requirement for calories just to keep that body alive is going to be less. And that's where adjustments and a good coach will then see that as you're dropping weight, that there needs to be adjustments in your um, calories to make sure that you are maintaining a deficit and not um, you know, kind of plateauing out. And a lot of people will ask, you know, Adam, I think I'm in a plateau. I, ha- you know, I haven't lost weight in three days. No, you just haven't lost weight in three days because weight doesn't come off every single day. To know that you're in a true plateau, you would see zero grams come off the scales. You would see 
zero millimeters come off your measurements. You'd see no kind of difference in photos or how your clothes fit for three continuous weeks if you have not changed anything regarding your exercise and if you can honestly say you have been 100% on your dietary intake. Now, for most people, they've probably just had a slightly lax couple of weeks with regards to their food, and so they've really been eating at a maintenance, not at a calorie deficit. But if you can honestly say, no, Adam, I have been dialed with my um, nutrition, I have been dialed with my exercise, and I just haven't seen any weight, any centimeters come off for three continuous weeks, then an adjustment to your calories needs to be made. For most people though, they can pretty much sit at the calories, especially if you're looking to lose kind of five to 15 kilos. There's not gonna be a need to be any adjustment in your calories from your original calorie deficit. If you're someone that is losing bigger amounts of weight, 20, 30, 40, 50 kilos, there is definitely gonna be an adjustment to your calories along your journey at some point. But don't worry about that. That is an event that hasn't come yet. Most of you probably come into this, cool, I wanna start my journey or I'm into my journey, learning more about metabolism would be of use to me. Don't worry about these factors. You heard me say the basal metabolic rate, the NEAT, the thermic effect of food, the intentional exercise, total daily energy expenditure. We've talked all about your metabolism. We've talked about how exercise doesn't play a huge role in your metabolism. Just do exercise because it makes you feel good and you love exercising and celebrating your body. Thermic effect of food, you can slightly increase by having a higher protein diet. BMR, having more lean muscle mass will help maintain your BMR. So of course that goes back in your thermic effect of food in increasing your protein intake. But where your chips are all gonna be pushed in into the center of the table, you're gonna go all in, is increasing your NEAT. So the takeaway from this, I've said it before and I'm gonna say it again, is start increasing the amount of steps that you take per day. Get a watch, start tracking it, and increase the amount of steps that you're averaging now above and beyond. It said 50 to 100% would be good. I say double it because most people are very, very sedentary and a lot less, a lot more sedentary than they think they are. A lot of people, no, I move a lot. I'm here, I'm there. When you actually start tracking and you see that number, if you're on two or three or 4,000 steps a day, you are very sedentary. If you're on six to 7,000 steps a day, you're doing well, you're about, I can't even say average these days because average is actually quite low. But you want to be clicking up seven, eight, nine, 10,000 steps a day and pushing that maybe to 10, 11, 12, 13,000 steps a day. Make it non-negotiable, get a watch on, start it tracking and get your step count up. That is how you're gonna naturally increase your metabolism. That's how you're gonna make fat loss a heap easier. And of course, the whole calorie side of it, you still have to be eating to that calorie but we're not even talking about that. We're talking about, well, what's your calorie needs? How is that made up? And how can we make that in your favor slightly better for you? Make this fat loss process easier. Get your steps up. Increase your NEAT. And as Darren Cartel would say, NEAT up 24-7. So guys, that has been the podcast. I really hope you've found benefit from this. I've already... You know, as you're hearing this, I posted things last week because I'm recording this quite a while ago to when it's actually coming out. I've said on some stories that I think this is probably one of the most informative podcasts I've done. I hope you agree and I really hope you found benefit from this. And as I always say, please, if you have, go and just give me a quick five-star rating. 
go and give it a quick um, you know, positive review. It really helps me spread my word and spread the podcast and other people can hopefully benefit from the words and the, you know, the content that I'm putting out. So guys, I really appreciate it. As I said, I love you all. I really thank you for sitting in on this and I really do hope that this podcast has been of value to you. I'm the No Breakfast Guy. This has been another episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'll speak to you next week. See you again. Bye.